Welcome to the Non-Breaking Space Show from Austin, Texas. I'm the Internet's Christopher Schmidt. And on today's show, I'm joined once again with Brenda Storer. Brenda is a front-end developer and designer at ThoughtBot. She recently won Best Presentation at CSS DevConf 2017, New Orleans, on the topic of practical CSS grid layouts. Before we get started, some things I'd like you to know. The UX Design Newsletter is a weekly list of articles, tutorials, and inspiration handpicked by me. Sign up at uxdesignnewsletter.com and have the best links of the week sent to your email. Set it and forget it with the Non-Breaking Space Show Newsletter. Whenever a new show is ready, you'll be notified in your inbox by signing up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Did you know we have a YouTube channel? Well, we do. You can watch our show unedited at youtube.com slash nonbreakingspaceshow. If you hear about a site or resource on this episode, chances are you'll find the link to it on this episode's page at nonbreakingspace.tv. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Telject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. As always, thank you for telling others about Nonbreaking Space. Now, on with the show. So now it's a great segue that I just dropped because <laughs> because you were in New Orleans for the CSS DevConf this year. Yes. That we put up. So uh, thanks for coming and being, being a speaker and being, being part of that. And so uh, the great news is that I think uh, you won best of yeah. CSS DevConf. So were you... You gave me like a big old trophy. Yeah. Uh, congratulations for... Did you get that through TSA? <laughs> I got pulled aside because <laughs> I, I had only carry-ons. It was actually like kind of a, a quandary when I was um, packing because I'm like one of those obsessive, I will only carry on my luggage right. type people. And I had been in California beforehand at my brother's wedding and all this stuff. So I had a, had a kind of full suitcase. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to have to check one of my bags? Oh my gosh, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. And so I like got in, in my carry on. And then of course it didn't make it through, um, the the security it got pulled out and they had to like open it up and go through and I'm like oh I have a trophy in there <laughs> and, and but he didn't ask me what it was for I was so upset he oh, like really? was totally not phased by my trophy he's like oh, okay and he looked at it and then oh, he like oh, sent right. it on my way but uh, whatever yeah this happens <laughs> yeah so my concern was that it's it's a pretty hefty trophy and so they might say like oh you this is you can bludgeon someone on an airplane with this or something. <laughs> no, no, but no, they, they like, he actually knew exactly. He was like, is it glass? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I think they put the lead in the glass and that sets it off. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so now, you know, like for future, right. future award winners. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, thank you. That yeah. was really a surprise. Oh, really? <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, let's no, thank you for, for for doing it, like uh, for for coming out and doing such a a great uh, representation, um, just I don't want to have you know because what happens during the conference is that we uh, you know you, in order to get there, unless you're a featured speaker, if, if you're not a featured speaker, then we take about twenty plus speakers from uh, like two hundred plus submissions, and then they're voted you know by the community at large, and to get submitted. And then uh, to get entered, and then once you're there, we actually do voting on those sessions, and then we award like top six. Get gets get a, 
uh, the magic big yellow pencil. <laughs> and uh, Which is just as cool as the trophy, actually. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. So, uh, but this, this, you know, this magic uh, yellow pencil that uh, you can write with. So I guess that's the magic part. But uh, and then uh, and then uh, your 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 presentation was was the best, and uh, your presentation was about uh, CSS grids, right? So yes, woo! Yeah, and then I felt like you know just we could talk about more about grids, but um, and getting into it. But uh, how how did you approach your your presentation, like in terms of like like why did you want to talk about grids and like that? So. Yeah, I mean, um, I think. I geek out on like the new CSS things mm-hmm. <clears throat> whenever whenever they're coming about, um, or I just I just geek out on like getting like deep into technologies. Like the the time I um, spoke before at CSS Def Conf was on SVGs, and it was just like a deep dive into like a basics of SVG and what the syntax means. So I feel like this is kind of on a similar vibe mm-hmm. um, because it's something that people are curious about. That just kind of starting to get some buzz, but like I took some time to do a deep dive into it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm just really fortunate that uh, Jen Simmons lives in New York City yeah. and <laughs> and I my thought about New York City, like I I went to she hosts she created a meetup, her and Malika Butler, um, called CSS Layout Club. And I think it's been going for like about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for a new venue, and I used to go to the meetup, and I was like, "We can host you at, you know, Thoughtbot New York." Um, so we've been hosting for the past year, and there's usually a meetup like once a month or like every other month. Right. Um, and so for the past y- year and a half, I've just been listening to Jen Simmons like geek out on Grid um, forever. So um, it got me to start to play with it super early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started giving like a version of this talk in November of last year. So like a year ago at wow. local meetups, just yeah. talking about grid, like before it came out, before it was even used, like I even was like, you know, coding with it behind the flag and like client projects and stuff. So I just was fortunate to like have somebody with lots of knowledge um, you know, an expert, like accessible that um, I got to learn from and practice from. And so when I was thinking about um, applying to co- this conference, I love your conference. One of the things I like about CSS DefConf is that it is voted because I think my biggest insecurity around giving a conference talk or giving a talk is that I'm going to talk about something that nobody's interested in. <laughs> so that helps right away, I think, to like, just totally dissuade that um, insecurity. I can like drop that if people have voted on it. Nice. So, um, but I, I figured that there'd probably be a lot of grid talks yeah. because it was starting to like, when, when did submissions, when was the call for proposals like April or May? Yeah, we do, we do uh, early May, April ish. And then I think late May is when we start doing voting. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it was like when it was kind of still like it just dropped in browsers in March. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, what can like, it's such a huge spec and like just to go through the spec, like what, what else can I do with it? That's besides just like, here's grid 101. And so like I had been using it in client projects. So I work in an agency or a consultancy and so work on um, 
many different clients a year. And so I had been just starting to kind of insert it. And so I thought, well, I learn best by example anyway. And I've got like some different examples. And I think one of the things that keeps coming up about grid too is like when to use it. Um, does it replace a framework? Like there's lots of questions. Is it better than Flexbox? Yeah. It's not, it's a compliment, you know, but like, and I felt like examples really kind of would teach a lot, mm-hmm. um, and practical, like I'm not, um, also spending a lot of time doing like experimental layouts. Right. I would love to, <laughs> I really want to, but, uh, I think like I'm my wheelhouse is more in like problem solving the everyday things. And so that was just the angle I took for the talk. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that was one of, you know, and we do, you know, by going through the results that we got from the feedback, I felt like, um, it kind of mirrored my own thoughts about when I saw your talk was like, wow, this is a very practical application about CSS grids. Right, and I felt like a lot of people were uh, really happy to see that talk in that in that context, and Yay. So, and so that's also kind of like where I've you know I I've written a lot of books <laughs> about web development, uh, and so I feel like uh, kind of my like when I write something, I want to make sure it's practical, and that's kind of like seeded everything we kind of do with uh, our conferences is like, hey, we really want to make it practical. So if you don't. It's like if you want to come to a conference, you just want to like not learn anything or just you know just chill out for a couple of days away from work. That you pro- this is probably not the conference <laughs> for you. Like you go to another another conference. Like if you really love web and making and making cool things, this is like probably the conference you want to go to. So uh, so that's why like I felt like your 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 talk was really really awesome about that. But let's let's dive in the before we dive in the grids. I just want to say I just we got Eric Myers and S.L. Wiles new book. Oh my gosh! I I I just like opened it up. I want to order it. Like, look at it's 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 right here in the video. If you're watching, we have a YouTube video of this talk. So I love his. He has a tweet that's like the first two editions aren't even as thick as that edition. Oh yeah. So it's it's over a thousand pages, and uh, just so you know, uh, grid layout happens in chapter thirteen, page six five five. So six hundred fifty five. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. So. (laughs) <laughs> that is pretty, awesome. <laughs> pretty huge, man. So I was wondering if I just ordered it just on a dare to see if the postman will deliver it. But <laughs> they're like, oh, it's too heavy. You have to pick it up yourself. So, but yeah. So yeah, so let's just talk about uh, CSS Grid in terms of, you know, uh, I'm just going to, CSS Grid is a web design technology, if you will, for laying out pages. Is that is that a good guess? Yeah. Okay. And then what's the difference between, I know she mentioned earlier, like CSS Grid and Flexbox are complements to each other. So what's the difference? Like, yeah. like how, would you, how would you say, like, you know, describe the use case like, for, for each one? The, the short version is that, um, you know, Flexbox and actually everything we've ever used to for major layout hmm. um, have been like one dimensional, one direction. So you can either do things in column or excuse me, in rows or columns. Um, but what makes grid so powerful is that it's two dimensions. So you can do grids and columns at the same time. So effectively place something on an X and Y axis, but it also isn't breaking the flow of the page. So it's not like absolutely positioning 
um, it's something that can be flexible within a viewport as well. Um, so I think like what's so exciting about so so the like kind of the way like I approached it in my talk too was um, like how to write grid like first thing is identify a good use case. And so I'm totally guilty of like, I'm super excited about the new tool and I want to use it for all the things. So I'm trying to like use it in all the places, but sometimes I try and use it somewhere and I'm like, you know what? Actually, I want Flexbox here. Oh. Like um, something where I think I have like a page that has like a, it's like a team page and it has, you know, any number of people in a row, like, but I don't, I want like, if there's a row of four and a row of three, I want the row of three to kind of be in between the gaps of the people for so it's kind of like um an even odd kind of like centered thing like that's not for grid because grid wants to put things in like very specific like little squares that are the same in like a whole area um so but they have they share a lot of the same syntax which is great and a lot of the same kind of idea where you have a parent element and you say display grid or display flex and then it affects all of the direct children. Like I remember before CSS grid, we had like people were just like, I'm just gonna lay out pages and flexbox. You know, yeah. because, because Flexbox had like um, modern browser support. And so would you is that yes or no? Would you like? I mean, I think it depends on what you're trying to solve, right? Like the way I've been using grid and the way I've been laying out things is a little bit less about a whole page. I need to figure it all out. I'm okay. instead thinking about like even components on a page. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so maybe the page layout itself is a component and okay. then I place things um, and then inside the components inside of it, you, okay. you lay things out. So. so like a design library type of thing where like you just, you're just like, oh, the, so uh, this component is module this, you know, this, you know, molecule, if you will, or, or when it has to be like, we need a, we need a grid for this. Right. And so that basically you're kind of like stacking parts of it. Is that right? Or is that? Yeah. Like I think like, um, like I said, I do like pretty traditional pages. So mm -hmm. I haven't used grid in like a whole page yet. Yeah. Um, I think it's also like, it's been more reusable for me if I think about it like that as like components and just how to lay things out um, okay. in pieces. So like, like if, if I have a header um, mm -hmm. with a navigation, yeah. like maybe that that's on every page, maybe that is Flexbox, maybe that needs grid. Usually it just seems to be Flexbox, but most yeah. of the time my pages are um just block elements stacked on top of each other. So I don't really like I have a header, right. I have a main content and I have a footer. Right. Like I don't really need grid for that whole system. Right. right okay. But maybe my main stuff in the center is going to have like a sidebar oh, nice. or, you know, that's where like inside of there I'll probably use grid. Okay. So that's probably where, where my like coming from the web for some, for, for my history is like, I think of it as a page you know, like graphic design, also have a print design background. So I, I feel like, oh, I, I finally have this grid layout. I'm just going to snap it and force it onto the entire page structure when actually we should just be like uh, modularizing it and say, okay, if you have a header, this has a grid system onto its own, onto its own and then the body the grid system onto its own and then a footer. Uh, that seems like, make, make, is that what you're I mean, 
that's how I've been using it. Okay. But maybe it is cool to use or maybe like there's a really good case like for mm. a certain design to use it more as like the whole like mm. on your whole body. Um, but I think also because I've been and I would love to hear about that um, right. and see examples of that. Um, but I think I also have been a lot of times I'm like joining existing projects. So existing code bases. Right. And so that's also I mean. Only in consulting are we like spinning up new apps on a regular basis, pretty much. So um, I think that's a good mentality to have too. Is we often we think of like grid is a grid framework, and it's like a lifetime decision for your app, you know. Mm -hmm. And then everything has to live off of this. But CSS grid doesn't have to be like that at all. Like you can use it in in something that already exists now um, and like componentize it and squeeze it in and, you know, maybe like eventually take over and like get rid of that grid framework because right. you may not need it anymore. You probably won't need it anymore. Okay. And then, um, so sort of like frameworks, like kind of my, my thoughts also like uh, to, uh, to uh, like bootstrap, you know, do you, do you feel like the need to use a bootstrap? with grid anymore or is it like I fall back? Hate, I'm, I'm like one of those like I hate bootstrap people <laughs> but like but it's only because it's not a tool that I need because I'm a CSS girl like right. like CSS is my strength I don't need um I don't I, I don't want to fight with something I feel like I've always had to fight with bootstrap whenever I've used it so it's been years I've like never reached for it I'm also fortunate to like be able to um own my own code base usually like make the make the CSS architecture decisions. Um, so I, I never reach for bootstrap, but um, Natalia Shelburne has given at the last CSS layout club, she gave a really great talk that is about how she use um, CSS grid in, at the New York times where she works yeah. uh, and has bootstrap as a fallback so like everything's already in bootstrap like that's the app that she works on relies on bootstrap but she's able to and it's really it's like 12 lines of SAS. it's really not very much yeah that just cancels out all the bootstrap yeah so then she can like style it with grid instead and she has an article um that goes about it um so that's like super powerful right so like that's 12 lines and then you can like progressively enhance your website and use this new technology. And then one day you probably won't need that bootstrap anymore because you're on like pure CSS. I'm a purist. I'd rather use what the browser gives me if right. it's great than rely on a framework. Although I think frameworks push us forward. Like if the, if frameworks solve the in-between problems, and then somehow the browsers are like, oh, I guess that's a problem because that framework's popular. Yeah. This is how I think it goes in my mind. I don't know how it actually goes. Right. Maybe we'll try and solve for that. And then they solve for it. And then the framework like slowly dies. I yeah. think that's the life cycle of a framework, right? <laughs> I, I wish. I wish that Hopefully. was how it worked. Yeah. Because like, we had like so many frameworks. I guess they, I, I hope that's how it happened. But I feel like we had like so many, we, we, we still out there like old frameworks, CSS frameworks. And doing that, but uh, it reminds me of a story where, like, you know, when Netscape four was still an issue uh, with CSS support, uh, and Zellman uh, would give a talk where, like, uh, you know, he has a, you know, he he runs um, or publishes a, a list apart, right? So he's like, oh, we have this like fancy, fancy new layout 
for uh, for us to part. And so, but we didn't want to like go back and spend all this time and energy that we didn't have to spend uh, and to to make it backwards compatible. So we just give it like just uh, this default ugly styling, like not ugly, but like browser styling. And it turns out that his readership in SK4 actually took off. <laughs> and wow. so, and so, and then also uh, Andy Clark, um, you know, he was very into, uh, you know, he was very anti IE, like anti seven, IE seven or six, whatever. So I loved his his approach. Was that uh, if you're an old version of IE, you would just get like kind of a print style sheet <laughs> of of it. And so so that's my mentality. Like if, if I I don't work for an agency like like that many websites, but because uh, I I don't have to make that sacrifice. I don't have to like make sure fall back to bootstrap. But I feel like, Hey, if I build a website now, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to do like feature support, uh, you know, query. And then say, and then also just like that, that we talked about uh, with Rachel Andrew about, uh, feature support sports. Uh, so I just feel like I'll just give you my, my nice looking prints style sheet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, minus all the like break points and everything, page breaks. But probably like if if you're writing your DOM correctly, that should be fine, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that should be totally usable and mm-hmm. um, and legible. Like, I'm all for, like, like with Grid, I, this comes up, like, all the time. Like, I got into a, an argument in a, like, front-end development Slack channel about this, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, this is why I don't tweet that much. But, like, about... <laughs> Like, well, why now you're, you know, cause the way, the way to write grid now is that you write a fallback style as your default and then you wrap your grid styles in a feature query for display grid. So then that means that, um, old browsers that don't understand feature queries or grid will get the fallback styles of whatever you want, floats or Flexbox or tables or whoever you want. And then the browsers that are like new and understand grid will read the grid code and, and do that, right? Mm. So a lot like what people have asked me a lot is, well, isn't that a waste? Like you're writing, like why would I just write two, um, two ways to solve one problem? Like that's mm. a waste of time. Right. Like I'll just wait until um, grid's everywhere. But I mean, I, I don't know, like, I guess, I mean, that's your decision and that's your, you know, your project and your code base. But like, I mean, it's, what is grid? Grid's like, it's like 75% globally. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather, and I'd rather give people a better, most people a better experience mm-hmm. and like less people a still good experience, but I mean, I think grid actually like readable, usable experience. Like as right. long as something doesn't look broken to me, that means my fallback's okay. Like that's my like, like, like the way I weigh it. Um, and I'm learning how to use a new technology that soon is going to be the norm. Right. Um, and it's fun. And actually like most of the time when I'm writing grid, it's like usually I'm just making um, columns and then letting everything like flow Right. Um, and it's like three lines of CSS and it solves all my problems. And then my fallback is like 20 lines of CSS, you know? So my grid is taking me like five minutes to write. And then my fallback is taking me, um, you know, like the old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like uh, someone, I forgot it was Dave or it was someone else 
Dave Rupert, like he, um, I'm not Dave, it probably wasn't Dave, but he was, uh, he recreated Bootstrap with like 12 lines of CSS grid code. And I was like, oh, that mm-hmm. is so amazing. <laughs> like, so I was like, so I think just for sanity, learning grid is, is worth it. Right. So like, yeah, I just feel like, hey, that's, that's, and people just pull, pull complex layouts out without having to spend all day troubleshooting bootstrap and trying to, to pull it out. So like, I I feel like also like, sorry, what are you saying? I was just going to say like, we have to remember that bootstrap is a hack. And yeah. the reason why these frameworks existed was because we didn't have anything to do this before and hacks were taking us a lot of time. So right. these grid frameworks came up to save us all of that time. So hacks are buggy, you know, they're not meant to do these things. We're like trying to make something, do something it's not supposed to do. So this is meant to do this. And it's just really a pleasant experience. Maybe everybody will love CSS again. Maybe that's (laughs) what it's going to (laughs) do. You're telling me people don't love CSS. I don't understand. I've heard. I don't understand. Who are these people? A few people complain every once in a while that they don't like CSS. But But I just, uh, like one of the things I love about CSS grids going forward is like, I feel bad, but like, I, I don't have time to do a lot of design work that I, I want to do because I'm managing a whole bunch of, at least I used to manage a whole lot of uh, other projects. So I would actually look for WordPress themes and find the one that would suit suit me the best. And I get them and they haven't been updated in a while mm-hmm. or they've been updated. Their approach to web design is, uh, I'm not going to say it's worse than mine, <laughs> but it's not as uh, how I would say forward thinking about the web or maintainable uh so one of the things i'm looking forward to is um you know not only how like matt mollywag wants everyone to learn javascript who works on wordpress but also the fact that like themes are gonna be so much easier to maintain going forward and not like just this cluster uh mess of uh css rules that wordpress themes have to deal with and so that's like i say people are actually like a better at writing code, for example, but you know, think, think there's like if you have less lines of code to write a grid, that you maybe won't have to write like 100 to 200 lines of really bad CSS for a whole bunch of permutations for layout that they can just do quickly. So, yeah, I mean, why do people hate CSS? Because it's not intuitive, right? Like because you because we've all had to like learn the hacks, and it's something that you have to learn you have to fail at and like (laughs) a lot, you know, you have to learn the hard way I think with it and like, Mm -hmm. and it can get frustrating really fast. I mean, I I guess every language kind of does that, but it's just seems so easy. Like you can, I mean, color red, like it just seems so easy, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to turn something red, but like anybody can like draw, uh, you know, a red bunny, but like to draw like, a red bunny that's really nice looking, you know, like it's, it's, you know, to really be an illustration and, you know, like yeah. the, the hairs and like, it's, it's so deceivingly simple. Um, but now that I've said it, I'm like, yeah, maybe this is it. Like maybe grid is going to be like the gateway to get people back mm. excited about CSS. Cause I think that's maybe why CSS has a bad rep and nobody wants to learn it. And people are figuring out ways to avoid writing it or dealing with the cascade is just because it hasn't been enjoyable. Right. It's been more frustrating. Well, my, my favorite thing is the JavaScript uh, developers who, who think CSS is too easy uh, and then get, can't troubleshoot simple CSS problems and then say it's too hard. You know? Yeah. It's just like, uh, 
um, I was I was in a workshop once in this JavaScript. It was about JavaScript and and um, uh, and so he was actually trying to troubleshoot uh, this you know demo application that he built and everything like that. And uh, you know it was kind of like this gallery display, if you will, thumbnails, and he couldn't get things to line up, which is like flexbox solution right <laughs> so yeah uh, which is what we do now but he didn't know flexbox and it wasn't really well supported back then so it was like kind of old school hack to do it and he couldn't solve the css problem and which is like kind of relatively simple if you're just do like inline block and whatever but uh <laughs> and i was just like but here's this javascript wizard you know like he knows his stuff about javascript and he's like throwing css underneath the bus because he doesn't understand the code right so but uh you know, I and then probably writing like a bunch of JavaScript to do something that CSS can do in three lines, right. which is actually a detriment to your project, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like you really need to know what tool to pull out of the the toolbox mm -hmm. for certain for to solve the problems. I mean, I think we've all seen those code bases that are like, well, this is a JavaScript developer, and it's like twenty thousand lines of JavaScript <laughs> that are like doing styles. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I I wouldn't throw JavaScript underneath the bus because I don't I'm not a wizard at it, you know. Like, but you know, whatever. But apparently it's okay to throw CSS underneath the bus. These are just issues <laughs> I have to deal with, Brenda. I don't know. Don't want to worry about me. But, oh, well, there's plenty of people who will throw JavaScript under the bus too. I mean, I like JavaScript. I'm trying to like learn more JavaScript. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe I just like the difficult children. Mm. Maybe that's my lot in life. Difficult children. Yeah, I think. Uh, um, but uh, I just I saw a workshop by uh, Will Sutton. Uh, he's a British uh, fellow, and he does this great workshop where he just breaks down JavaScript and it tells you like why things are happening and why things are, and like it's all the basic stuff that you already know if you know if you just have been around JavaScript for a while. But he actually explains it, and like my mind was like opened up, like oh, that's why things happen the way they do. And yeah, and I was just like, oh. will you share that with me? Or oh yeah. share that person with me, like, because that's right now. I'm trying, like, in my current role, mm. um, I'm not necessarily like having to write a lot of JavaScript. So I've been taking, um, I've been studying myself to try and like learn more. And I purposefully mm -hmm. have started like vanilla, yeah, because yeah. I want because I want to like going that route of like I want to understand the language, and then I know I'll like then I can understand React and Angular and the next thing, right. you know? Yeah, um, so um, so I work so with- That's really interesting. Well, I work with front-end masters right now. So actually, like I've been working with them for since April and I love working there. And uh, so what we do is uh, right now, do a lot of um, auditing of workshops right now. So Will Sentence actually has a workshop and it's, and it's coming out either this coming week or next week after. So probably like in a week around this when this podcast comes out. So um, so it's coming out and uh, so let's go on there. And then also to understand frameworks, I felt like uh, Sarah Drasner's introduction to Vue.js was really good as well. She's really good at yeah. uh, explaining things. Yeah, and she also won best of CSS DevConf, uh, the Queen Mary edition. Yeah, which was really great, and so she, her style of teaching is just like I've made a hundred demos, and <laughs> I'm gonna, and I've ordered them in an order of okay to hotness, and so we're gonna go through all of them, and your mind's gonna be blown halfway through. <laughs> That's a really good description. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so uh, but yeah, 
uh, so yeah, it's definitely, but so her workshop is really great. So in terms of like understanding like, oh, frameworks, and then you can apply that like, oh, so that's how things working. But also Vue is conceptually different in terms of how React is built and so like that too. So, but, uh, but I felt like it gave me like, oh, okay, this is great. But I felt like Will Sentence's uh, workshop allowed me to open up. It's like, oh, this is what everyone's been trying to teach me about, about JavaScript, about this. Okay, okay now I understand. Uh, so it's yeah. really more a gateway. So. Sometimes you have to hear like something explained like 20 times by 20 different people right. to get it, it to click. I'm, that, I'm totally in that moment right now where I'm not sure what. Right. I'm seeking out new new ways to tell me the same thing, so it can really like sink in. Right. So, like, so uh, aside from meetups in York, uh, how are they? What resources did you learn to help you learn CSS Grid? Um, really, mostly the meetup, and then just trial and error, and um, you know everything by Rachel Andrew. Okay. I mean, there's a, she's got like the Bible for CSS grid basically on her website. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. And then, um, and then also there's a thousand page book probably too. That's probably helpful. But I think also like solving real problems, yeah. you know, like just keeping, always keeping it in the back of my mind. Like when I going to solve a layout problem and I think, oh, could grid do this? Yeah. Let me try it. Um, and not being afraid, like another good thing about my job is that, um, we have like, uh, Fridays are usually like investment days where we can do our own thing and, oh, nice. and, and learn things. So I'll use, like, I'll often use that time to do a little more exploration on a technology that I want to use on a client project that I might not feel comfortable billing for. Okay. Um, to see if it's viable. So that's also when I did a lot of um, grid stuff because I'd, I, you know, didn't want to bill for like too much exploration if it was something that like when it was new. Right. Um, in those moments. Okay. How funky have you been working with with CSS grids? If I might may be so bold and ask, like, have you like pushed the boundaries a lot in in terms of like animation, animating them or? Uh, overlapping them or doing some weird things. Um, I, if I maybe, if I remember correctly in your presentation, you said like, Oh, I think I, I, I coded this right. And then I, I checked it later and actually I didn't. And it was like really forgiving. Yeah. If, if I remember, so I remember that point. I was like, everyone, I think everyone was like, Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, That's Oh, one of those <laughs> things that you're like, like, this is exactly what happened yeah. is right before I gave my talk, I was like, like, cause I had been traveling for two weeks before I went to CSS dev comp and like was staying with my mom. So I didn't really have time to like do a full rehearsal for myself. Like I was never alone. Mm -hmm. So I took, um, the morning before my talk on Monday to kind of run through it in my hotel. Mm -hmm. And I went back and was looking, I was like at the examples I was going to use and note, like it was really like an hour before I gave the talk that I noticed a lot of these errors. And I was like, <laughs> oh, crap. And I was like, how am I going to present this? But like, I I really appreciate when, pe when people, I mean, because we all do that. Like we all like learn from our, our, from the past. Like I think I, that's when I inserted a slide in my talk that was like, 
Uh, I want to be able to look back at code I've written in the past and think, what was I thinking? Because that means that I'm still growing and learning. Right. Um, <laughs> that's my disclaimer. But but yeah, that was it. Like I, That was the first time I used Grid in a client project. And um, yeah, I and at first when I looked at it, I couldn't figure out why it was still working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I figured it out. I think like in the talk, <laughs> why, why it was still working. But it, but yeah, it was. Ve- it's very forgiving. I mean, there's like a, a mysterious. I think it's still mysterious to everybody in a way. Like algorithm for for grid. Like you can tell it exactly where to put things, hmm. but it will also, if you don't tell it, do its best to figure it out for you. And no. like it's. That's that's what happened in this case was like basically all I had was display grid and then I had two cell. I had one cell that I purposely placed on like a third column, second row line. And just because I had taken this one cell and thing and placed it in a cell area, the grid algorithm was like, oh, so I guess you want three columns and at least two rows. So then I'll do that and figure everything else out. Like I didn't, my, the mistake I had was that the grid template columns property was just, I just, the value was like a mess and it didn't make any sense, but it was enough um, that I told one element where to be that it was like, oh, okay, I'll just create everything else around it, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's nice when the, that's one of the things I liked about designing for the web I was designing, I went through my, my, my program I was going through was the print-based, and I just liked it how like forgiving the, the browser was in terms of, of laying out things. So it was, it was nice. But I think you could hear a collective like, ah, oh, like through the, oh, through the audience. It was like, people were like, oh, okay, so it won't like blow up my face. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think I also like noticed too, right before I gave the talk, that one um, client I worked on, um, they like one of the the things to be aware of using grid right now is that old versions of auto prefixer mm. will automatically prefix add the the um, ms vendor prefix to grid which you may or may not want that could kind of mess up your fallback because um the new grid that's not behind the vendor prefix is uh um more robust than that like five mm. plus year old version from so usually i just don't want, want to deal with it i just want like internet explorer to use my fallback so I don't have to worry about what this in-between spec is like. Right. Um, and so you can set auto prefixer old versions to disable grid. Mm-hmm. The new version of auto prefixer has it disabled by default. So that's great. Um, auto prefixer seven and up. But um, I guess that prod, I didn't learn that until after I had left the <laughs> client project that I like wasn't on anymore. And I had built this, but it hadn't shipped yet. Mm. So bad me I did not I guess I did not check this and before the conference I like (laughs) before I went on stage I I was like oh I'll show this in browser stack you know on internet explorer that my fallback works and it was totally broken I was like oh my god (laughs) 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 and and so I I emailed the client afterwards I was like hey you need to do this um they fixed it so now it works but that was live for like a couple months wow nobody died nobody like I think too, like we, I mean, it's important, you know, I mean, I am proud of my work and I want to do good work and I don't want to mess things up, but like nobody noticed for, and this, this was like a pretty big, like popular website. Like, um, I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. I mean, I I think 
it's not, we're not like saving lives <laughs> for the most part, you know, like it's not life or death, a, a lot of our work. So I like um, to think I'm curing cancer, Brenda. Am I, am I not <laughs> curing cancer? There's probably apps that like are helping to cure cancer, but this app was not doing that. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. All right. Oh, well, well I'm going to lie to my mom now. That's okay. <laughs> so now, um, uh, what, uh, did you, was it just trial and error? Like what, what tools did you use, uh, to help, uh, construct Grizz or like what, what, what's out there that. Oh gosh. Uh -huh. The Firefox, um, dev tool for grid is dope. Okay. Um, they have a website that kind of like shows you about it. Mm -hmm. And like Jen Simmons has like, um, been showing like, and, and she'll she'll come to the meetup and be like, so should we show the numbers like this or like what works better? And um, so that's been awesome, too, to kind of like get to be a part of that, oh, nice. um, like the development of, of that, like as I've been playing with the spec. Um, yeah, I like I, I usually am in Chrome and it's gotten me back into Firefox more because um, you can like show the lines of the grid and the gaps between the grid and you can change the color so that it shows against the background and it shows the numbers and it even shows the names. If you had grid template areas, it's just a really robust tool that, um, also can catch like a bunch of errors to okay. visualize everything. Okay, cool. So check that out. So with working with CSS grid so far, is there anything that you wish it did do that it hasn't done yet or your wish or things that, um, any complaints, I guess? I think like the big layout thing that we still don't have that CSS can't do that JavaScript does mm -hmm. um, is uh, a masonry type layout. Oh, really? Okay. Like a grid wants everything in nice squares. I think, you know, Rachel Andrew was talking about this. Like, like you can't Tetris in um, grid pieces. So... Like, I, like the way I mentally think about a masonry type layout is that you, instead of being, it's like top to bottom, but you have like your top DOM content on top and then older below, but things just kind of fit in no matter what their height is, like mm -hmm. in columns. So we can like do that layout in columns, but we can't do it in the order we want to do it, you know? Um, so if, I don't know if that's something that grid should do, but like I would love for something that would allow us to do that layout in CSS. And then the other big thing that I've heard is coming with grid is to have a subgrid, mm. which is like right now, if you display grid, it only affects the direct children right. of that element. So, but it, but what if you want to line up something inside one of those child elements, like a grandchild, you want it to line up, a, you know, along the grid, mm -hmm. you kind of have to like create a new grid with like the same, you know, parameters or something like you can't, it can't go up the chain to understand where to go based on that. So I, I hear that's something that the browsers are working on um, for like, you know, grid 2.0 to add on to what already exists. Uh, that would be that would be useful. I think it's just uh, HTML table layouts all the way down, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just all the way. We just bring out the HTML table layouts to solve the save the day. But yeah, so it's like uh, you just do like kind of nested tables. Is kind of what I was just I was yeah. thinking about, but nested grids sort of, which no one wants to do. We, we've learned that from a 
we've learned from our mistakes, I hope. <laughs> Somebody actually like in the office just asked like, hey, and I hadn't even thought about this either was like, so I'm trying to do what a table does, but not use a table, which I want like um, just a border around everything to be just one pixel. Yeah. But do I have to do like border right, but then not the last one? Like I'm still stuck in this world. Like is can Grid do something like that? And I was thinking about it. I'm like, can Grid do something like that? And then somebody else said, oh, just put a background color on your Grid parent. Mm-hmm. And give a grid gap of one pixel, and yeah. then you have like I was like, oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's that was almost too easy. I couldn't I couldn't come up with it right away, but yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, couldn't you just put a one pixel border on the parent? But you, yeah, like on like that's what I do a lot with right. grid is like because that's I think that's also like one of the coolest things about grid is that um, it. Only like when you specify the grid gap, which is like the gutter in between elements, mm-hmm. it doesn't apply that to the outside. So you can have things that are 100% width, mm-hmm. but then still have an even spacing inside without having to like manage children and like nth childs and things like that. Right. Um, so usually, but if I want that border um, or want that space to be even as the grid gap, I'll just like on my parent will be like display grid, grid gap one rem mm. padding one rem and then everything is you know kind of spaced nice and evenly okay yeah i think um west boss was trying to make a masonry layout with css grids or i think also someone else was too but they looked at making it the dense kind of yeah. and so he was trying to like force it uh to do that and i'm not a big fan of masonry layouts because i feel like it's information overload in terms of uh, of that, but, uh, but I guess people like them. But um, but yeah, so that's kind of like one approach. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head if it's if that's a good way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, I guess you could do that, but it would probably also you still can't really control your DOM order that way, right? Because it's going right. to like put in when you do the dents, it like puts the pieces in wherever they fit. Right, probably yeah. So like so, even if you come up with like new content, you don't know like you know, where it's going to fall. Yeah, so. But that's cool. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm really excited to see things. Like, you asked earlier about animations, and I haven't done um, a whole lot with that. Like, I do know you can't animate something from one cell to another. Yeah. You know, like, like you can't really animate grid properties because that's just, like, too much for the browser to understand and yeah. manage, you know? Um, but... There's a cool, I had that, uh, I had this in my slides, a cool um, code drops example of like just a grid layout that has like a transition in and out of like background colors on the grid. That's really powerful. So, um, you know, there's always a way to get something visually interesting moving. Cool. Awesome. So, um, is there anything, uh, I think it's a good point to, to wrap things up, but uh, is there anything, about CSS grids, like any like final point that we probably didn't mention or, or talk about? Um, just use it, like try it and use it. I mean, it's, it's, I think the last thing, and this was the thing that I wanted my talk, I what I, my goal of my talk was that people were going to leave and be like, I can use this right now. And I didn't think I could. And yeah. so I think that's, that's the thing. You can use this right now. CSS isn't, it, it, we don't have to wait like 
you hear about something and you think, oh, great, in five years, I'll be able to use that. Like, no, like things are getting better now. And CSS Grid is an example of that. Like, look into it because you can use it right now. And it's makes CSS, makes CSS fun again. Um, and um, and it's, it's really powerful. And I think like, I'm really excited to see uh, when we get, like I have one little example that I have on, a code pen of a layout for like an article that I really think is cool and I want to insert it somewhere so badly. I just don't have like the project that's the right con. Like I want to build a personal blog just to use this layout because yeah. I don't know how to do this layout without grid. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking forward to more of that, of breaking out of our norms and like being inspired by what other people do. Oh, nice. Okay. Is there anything uh, that you're really passionate about or interested in right now besides, besides grid? No, it's just grid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, like personally, I'm learning, um, I'm really trying to, to learn JavaScript, okay. which is, uh, man, it's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, I feel, I mean, I love my job, so it's allowed me to explore JavaScript a lot more. And so, I'm a really uh, just amazed at how, like, because you know, I had my head down running events for so long, and so it's just so amazing to see how JavaScript, when I last looked at it, into where it is now, and see how far it's gone, and where it's going, and what it's doing, just blows my mind. But and, yeah. and how it constantly is changing is uh, is amazing. So I try not to. I don't think about it as scary so much anymore. I think about that like as. I mean, everything, like, I, I, I try not to put that, I, I think I'm good about not putting that pressure on myself that I need to know everything, but um, yeah. I think it's fun, and and I feel like I just kept hitting a wall of then now I can't accomplish what I want to accomplish because I don't know JavaScript, so yeah. it's been fun to um, break those barriers down. Yeah, my biggest hurdle, just because you asked, is that, uh, with JavaScript, is that uh, the naming things in JavaScript gets me so frustrated because they name things and it's like well that's that's not what i would think of for that name and so that just really burns me Ooh. yeah because uh, uh one thing is like proto and prototype are two different kind of different things but they have proto in their name so like just like that's one minor thing so but uh it's just it really kind of so i have to unlearn all my biases about naming things like okay because like uh because one of the things like when you learn a new language it doesn't have to be code or anything, but like just learning the definitions of words gets you so far further than just, you know, when you're trying to learn a new language. So, so learning the vocabulary is very important. And I think that's what CSS, when I started learning was like, Oh, you know, you want to learn the spec you want to like try to learn what things do, what they're supposed to do. So like you actually know what things are. And that's like the hardest part right now is trying to keep track of everything. And so, um, and that's why I like having a great, um, IDE or, or code editor, like, uh, like I think visual source code right now is like really awesome oh, for that. Cool. So yeah, I'm not sure what you use. I'm still, I'm still in sublime land. Oh. I haven't, I haven't felt moved to change. Oh man. But like, so I moved off of, I don't know what that was using before, but like, so I would try to use sublime and I felt like I was just like, no offense to sublime users or I, I've, you know, I've used sublime still sometimes, but like, I just feel like I was constantly, just beating my head against the wall, trying to get Sublime to like be my editor and not like be its own thing. 
and then um and so uh so we just uh so i just cranked up visual code editor uh visual source studio code and it's just it's amazing like i just feel like oh this is i'm just up and running it's not fighting me i can just go in there and then i can still like tweak it and do things and it's pretty awesome so i feel like it's i might check that i'm kind of i'm I'm feeling close. Like I, I switched to Vim for a little bit and there were a lot of things I really liked about Vim, but I'm such a like, hmm. I'll name something and then I'll, like I'll name a class and then I'll hate the name and then I'll want to change it everywhere. And like, I just couldn't find and replace and like a very, it was just too hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I had people show me like multiple times and I had a cheat sheet, but I found every time I needed to do that, I just open Sublime Dext and do it there. And then Eventually, I was like back in Sublime Text, but like your point, I think like is really about vocabulary because yeah. I think if you know vocabulary, then you know what to Google to find the answer to something when you don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. So, and that's something that I think I, is a weakness for me is is learning the vocabulary of what things are. Like I see patterns, and I'm like, okay, that thing goes in parentheses, so I know what that is, and I know what to put there. But then I, you know, oh, it's an argument. Okay, now I know what to Google to like figure out how to fix it and stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's really important. Yeah. So it's very important to Google. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember like Chris Coyer, like when he, like several years ago, he, he did a presentation. It's like, okay, everyone knows how to be a web de developer. Right. And there was someone like, you know, like how do we learn to be a web developer? And they like had like one slide with five words and they were all Google. <laughs> it's all they are. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So how can people find you on the internet and, um, I am Brenda Marie NYC on Twitter and, um, yeah, I'm Brenda store, Brenda store.com. Um, I also, I also guest host a podcast from time to time, um, called tentative. That's about design and front end. That's through ThoughtBot. And we actually have an episode coming out talking about, um, CSS dev comp. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, I will be sure to listen. Check it out. Cool. And um, and I am on Twitter. I'm Telject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. And you're listening to the Non-Breaking Space show. So be sure to subscribe at uh, nonbreakingspace.tv. Okay. Thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you. It's always a pleasure just to sit and chat with you, actually. <laughs> awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us and talk with me today. It was awesome. <laughs>